Championship Leadership Podcast. This is your host, Nate Bailey. And uh, before we get into the episode and our incredible guest today, uh, for more information on all of the episodes that we've put up for, through Championship Leadership, you can go to my website, www.natebaileyspeaks.com to get more of uh, this incredible content, uh, the incredible interviews, the, the stories, the people, the leaders that I have the opportunity to interview and get to know and also share with you guys so check that out at my website and today we talk about it in the beginning i, I had an incredible experience with a with a man by the name of evan money and he introduced me today to today's guest philip andrew barb he is a coach a speaker and a tv producer a two-time nominated emmy tv producer he's 34 he's got an incredible incredible story uh, he's living a great life. We had a fun and awesome conversation. Uh, it was very entertaining. So I know that uh, once you hit play on this episode, you're going to want to listen to the very end. So with that, just had a great, great time with Philip Andrew Barb today. And so with that, let me introduce you to him and to the show. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Championship Leadership Podcast. We got Philip Andrew Barb here out of uh, L.A. California and I uh, appreciate you coming. Thank you. Oh man. Thank you for having me. It, it's uh, you know, I got the black backdrop going. Yeah, you like don't know it. what's, you don't know what's going on back <laughs> right? there, man. You don't know what's could, happening back there. Could be anything. Could be anything. <laughs> I, don't know what, I don't know what she's doing back there. <laughs> I, I never know what she's doing back there. Ah, where's the meatloaf? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's great. What uh, you know, so we, uh, I was introduced to Philip here or Phil um by a gentleman named evan money he was on the podcast i can't wait and like we said uh i think you said it best what uh <laughs> yeah know. it's you know we're, very we're, interesting man like just an I, incredible guy you know he comes out the gate he does with so much energy it's awesome you know and it's uh, you know in, in you know the crazy thing i've had so many discussions with people about this you know so i was just i promise i'll bring this all and wrap it up i just was yeah. in idaho for a show um, and we were shooting in Idaho 
and everyone was so nice that we didn't trust anyone. Right, like yeah, right. a bunch of a bunch of LA producer, you know, TV producers, yeah. and and you know the guy at the pizza joint, super nice, and we're like, what is this guy got a screenplay? Yeah, He's gonna try to pass off, right? Like, who is this guy? And and so there's an element of Evan Money that is that type of authenticity or authenticity. Whoa, authentic. Authentic. Uh, yeah. Right, yeah, I'm making up words now. Uh, he's just he's just genuinely energetic and positive he is, to where yeah. it makes you wonder if he's all right. You know, yeah, right? Totally. <laughs> and, but, but so he's, but the man, you get to he's know definitely the guy. who he is though. Right. Like he's who he is. The man's got a heart of, of that interview. And I was like, I gotta be more enthusiastic. Like I gotta turn my energy up a little bit oh, because man. I'm not that way. And I'm like, man, that like you can definitely, I came out of that feeling feeling good so that's oh yeah you get you get incredible. jazzed up with evan money yeah, yeah. man so, and i'm and i'm really <laughs> glad that he connected us man and, and it's yeah. you know uh, i appreciate it. I'm, I'm excited to see what we what we dive into and yeah, let's let's do know? it well let's yeah. start with the kind of the first question i'd like to ask everybody to start off is championship leadership's the po- uh the name of the podcast what, what do you think of what, what does that mean to you when you hear championship leadership i've always loved studying great you know i grew up i was an athlete i grew up in metro detroit uh, you know, football, basketball, wrestled, baseball, you know, all of those yep. things. I even golfed one year just to, nice. you know, upset Still my golf coaches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was burned. I was tired of doing wind sprints. And I was like, I'll just swing this club around. Yeah, right. Uh, um, but, you know, I think it's, you know, you study great teams, right? And, and I think a lot of times we can get lost in, in trying to think that there's a perfect person who we need to model the success of a business off of, you know, I think, and we, and we get in this mindset of like, everyone needs to be Jordan. It's like, no, man, not everyone can be Jordan. You got to have the Pippins. You got to have the Rodman. You got to have the Kerr. You know, you got to have the Phil Jackson. You've got to have that entire package in a great coach, which something that, you know, that you do, that I do. It's not about taking the person that's in front of you and turning them into something that they're not. It's, it's helping them be able to define where, where their role is, what are their strengths, what are they great at, and turning it up a little bit so that people don't completely, you know, when you try to be something you're not, you can only pretend for so long. You know, if Evan, if Evan Money's thing, if this was all a ruse, right, he's yeah. going to crash and burn hard, right? It's got to sure. be authentic. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when it comes to, to great teams, you see you've got to take a lot of different people that have different motivators different ambitions, different skill sets. And it's not about turning them into some robot worker. It's about how do you find what each person needs so that they can be, you know, the, the best version of themselves. But honestly, like be able to show up and be able to perform the way that they want to be performing for themselves as well as for the team. And so I think it's, you know, championship, right? Like it, it, it brings those, those moments of glory, hands, hand raised, you know, trophy in the yeah, air. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the truth is, and, and we know it, it's the moments. It's to get to that moment. It's the little things every day. It's everyone mm-hmm. doing their part. It's in, and it's tough. It's hard to get up every, it's hard to do a podcast yeah. and keep totally. booking people and keep yeah. putting it out there and keep sending the email blast. It's, yeah. it's, demoralizing at times when you're in, yeah. you, you know, yeah, you, you see a Joe Rogan and you're like, Oh yeah. hundred million money. dollars. It's like, oh, come on. Oh my God. Exactly. And, and so, so I think that's yeah. right. I think that's one of the great things about, you know, about leadership is 
We all need it from time to time. The best leaders have a cabinet that are there to, you know, to keep, you know, keep them motivated. And, and I think that there's times and I even get, I even have to remind, remind myself of this. I, ha- I like, I can't just be pouring into people. Yeah. I got to make sure that I'm having people pour into me as well. Yeah, and, um, you know, so I think that that's, um, you know, leadership is, is such a key thing. It's not optional, man. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not optional at yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, a few things there, like Joe Rogan, number one, like he's been doing, he's been in the game since almost the beginning, right? Like totally. he's like the, the they used million to make fun dollar of contract didn't come on week one. It, it, yeah. Like and they used to make fun, fun of him. so many episodes out. Yeah. They, the, his, we you know when he was doing comedy, he started doing it. And so yeah. many of his comedy buddies are like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Rogan, not this. Now off, all his bro. comedy buddies this, have their own show, right? Everybody. Right. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. it's like, it's you, you know, in comedy, it used to be like, who's your manager. Now it's like, Hey, what's your podcast? What's your <laughs> it's podcast? Like, yeah. You know, because, and you know, I think there's something amazing. You know, one of the things that, right. A lot of people get down on podcasts because the numbers have just soared. It, yeah. of new podcasts. Right. Right. And it's so hard to break through and it's, you know, all these things. Right. It is. But the thing that helped me so much, right. You know, you're a speaker, I'm a speaker. One of the things that helped me so much is where, when you, when you're doing the podcasts and, and I would, you know, send this out to any listeners that are thinking about maybe either starting a podcast or getting on podcasts. It's not just about getting on and crushing the interviewer. It's about the reps. It's the repetition yeah. Yeah. of getting in you know, learning how to listen, learning when to say, learning how to phrase things. What are the, what are the, you know, I remember one of the first podcasts I did, one of the first podcasts I did, I was talking like this. It was a mile a minute. I sounded like every money and I was like going crazy because I was so excited. And all I wanted to get, you know, and, and I remember my father listened to it and my dad was like, Hey bud, uh, good job. But uh, maybe, uh, maybe slow it down a little bit. You know, how much coffee did you have? And, and, and those are things you only learn in doing the reps. Yeah. That's so, so true. Think, you know, I just yeah. had a good friend of mine uh, randomly left a message talking about my podcast. He's like, Hey, I just listened to your Tito Ortiz. And he's like, it's like, bro, you've, you've come so far, like from the first ones, like just the quality the interview, like how, you know, just how you handle yourself, just more polished. And I was like, yeah, of course. Right. You do anything over and over. You get those reps. I don't, I probably got like 150 or 60 interviews now, podcast episodes. And you know, so. Yeah, which is I, awesome. I better be getting better, right? Like I yeah, better be and, getting better. You know, and that was, you know, it was funny. So for me with coaching, right? Like when I got into coaching, I didn't start as a personal development coach. I started, you know, I'm a, my, my normal nine to five, what my, my main career is, I'm a television producer in Los Angeles. Yeah, and right. so for me, where coaching began was on set. Coaching mm-hmm. began working with, you yeah. know, I was working with actors and in, you know, business owners and, and just random people that were on reality shows, whatever it was in helping them be more comfortable on camera, helping them be able to phrase the phrase, their words correctly. And, and so it was funny because as I started to do much more, almost media coaching for every one or two people that I saw that were, they just needed reps. Yeah. You know, that's really all they needed. There was another, and then what really kind of steered me more into the, into personal development was I started seeing for every one or two people that just needed reps, there were eight to 10 that were just getting in their own way Yeah, with right. all of, with the limiting thoughts, the, the, oh, well, I'm not ready yet. Or what would I say? Or I can't do that. Or 
all of the BS that's, you know, behind it. Yeah. And, and so that was kind of what helped me lead more into personal development coaching rather than just the media coaching. You know, we joke about needing to be energetic or, you know, you watch a podcast, you see a a Russell brand and he's a maniac. So you feel like, do I need to be that? And the truth is the only thing that any of us are really good at is being ourselves. Yeah. And, and whether that's some guys, you know, like, who is it? Sam Elliott? That dude's not yeah. energetic, but damn it, oh, yeah. if you don't listen to every word that makes right. sense. Yeah, I love it. Every time he talks, you know? like my mom, like every time she hears Sam Ellis, she's like in love, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, and, and because there's an authenticity to it, and it's such a word we throw around all the time, but yeah. there is truth yeah. to like when, we, when we're looking for leadership or we're, when we're looking at what type of a leader do we want to be, we, we can steal elements from, I like this about this guy, or I like this about this person, or this woman does it well this way, or I like this. But it needs to then get put into us and filtered out as us. And it yeah. need, because nobody wants to be led by a robot. No one wants to be led by some dude that read one Tony Robbins book, and now he's spewing everything that Tony right. said from, yeah. eight, from 92 with Awaken the Beast Within, yeah. or whatever the hell the damn book was. You know? <laughs> and it's like, so I think it's, it, it's all about, it's learning it's growing, it's building the confidence in ourselves so that we can then instill confidence on other people. Yeah. And like you, like you said, I mean, just, just like in that industry or any industry, I mean, you just got to be yourself. You can't be somebody else. And, and uh, same as a leader, like we all lead in different ways. You know, I, I don't want to get too much into what's going on right now, but you know, there's people talking about, if you're not saying anything right now, like that's, I'm taking notes. Like that's supposed to mean I'm a racist or something like that. I'm like, no, I'm just, I'm being careful. I'm being cautious. I'm not, and maybe I'm not posting on social media, but I'm out like in my community, bringing people together and uniting people. And so yeah. like we all live life, do life and lead, especially as championship leaders. If you try to lead like somebody else, you're going to fail. But when you like, if you're Sam Elliott, then you own Sam Elliott uh, inside you know, of leadership yeah. and you crush it. So yeah, I mean, that's huge. Like you said, the Jordan thing. You, you don't like if you had eight Jordans on the team, they'd lose every game. They wouldn't yeah. be able to play together. Right. No way. Like, dude. You, and you, you didn't try have... to make Steve Kerr Jordan. Exactly. You just wanted to bring out the best in Steve Kerr. I will say I heard, I read this thing and it made me feel, so I like, I, you know, one of my hobbies, I like to smoke cigars with buddies and you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a sober guy. I don't do any drugs. I felt like yeah. I needed some sort of thing that was bad for me. Right? Yeah. I got half yeah. cigars. Right. And, um, <laughs> And then I saw the thing, a buddy sent me an article where Jordan talked about how he like smoked a cigar before every home game. No way. In really? Chicago. They, because they said in this, right, like somebody please fact check it. Cause I'm going to feel like an idiot. If I'm running around. But he said, so basically he lived, he lived far enough away from the stadium in Chicago. You know, Chicago has yeah. almost, I think it's, they got worse traffic than us in LA. Yeah. And it was like an hour and a half drive for him to get from home to the game. And he used to get, not, I don't know if it was anxiety or he just like uneasy driving that long in a car to the game. Yeah, so sure. to chill out, he'd smoke a, cigar. smoke a cigar. So it's like, here you go. I got this guy top of his game. And I like, you know, it, of course me, I'm like, I'm just like Jordan. I'm a smoke. Cigar. <laughs> 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 you know? It's like the, uh, the, uh, Steven, Steven Pressfield has, has a great uh, quote, something about like the only thing, the only thing that's similar between you and a Navy seal is the quitting bell. You know, <laughs> you know, like as much as, you know, I'll tell you what, there, 
there is in something interesting in that. And, and I don't know if this, if this makes me seem weak or if this brings, you know, any encouragement to somebody out there. But, I, you know, I'm a cop's kid, man. I grew up always idolizing military and police. And, and mm -hmm. I watched wrestling, right? Hulk Hogan, and he's big, yeah. larger than life, big, fucking strong people. Sorry, I swore. I don't know if you, you'll cut it out You're good, you're good. And, yeah. you know, we got these big Body guys. Body slamming the giant, right? man. Exactly. And, and, yeah. you, and you saw that. And, and there's an element of like, and it's not in, in that being who we are. I also have to remember, like, I'm not a Navy SEAL, man. Yeah. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not Bobby Axelrod in Billions. <laughs> yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? And, it, and right. it's not, and it doesn't, it's not me saying, oh, I'm not that good or I can't do those things. But it's, it's me owning who I am yeah. and owning what I want, not what I think that what they wanted or what other people expect me to want. And there's a certain element of like, hey, man, I'm going to play Call of Duty every now and again with my buddies. Yeah. You know, I'm going to have days where I normally get up and I, I get up whenever I say I'm going to get up. But I'm going to have a Saturday every now and again where I'm going to get up when I wake up. And, right. and I think that that's, you know, there's a, there's a lot of this thought, these thoughts in, in personal development and especially in male, personal masculine, you yeah. know, uh, Gary V. Uh, you know, what, what's his, uh, um, Jocko, wake up Jocko. 4 a.m. every, right? He's and, taking and he, pictures of the, right? the watch and, every morning. <laughs> and we love these guys, right? Yeah. And they're inspiring and it's great. But it's also important for us to each individually know that like we have to figure out what is the leadership style that works for us? What is the system that works for us? If you wake up at 4 a.m. and you do it for six months straight and you hate your life, then that's not for you, man. Do like that's right. not the yeah. point. Because yeah. people that are not unhappy in their situation are not going to be the best leaders. They're going to yeah. be faking it. They're going to be jaded. Um, you can keep it together on a long enough timeline, but it's going to fall apart. So it's really like we have to make sure that we're, we're taking those times to check in with ourselves. You know, I always say, you know, I try to live life at the intersection of absolute ambition mm -hmm. and complete contentment. Yeah. And it's like, and if That's I can, tough, right? if I can, yeah, totally. Right. And it's like, but if I can hold that space, right. If I can want more and want to keep pushing and want to keep growing and learning and make more money and having bigger impact, that's great. But I also got to be appreciative of like, yo, I'm very blessed where I'm at. I'm yeah. super lucky to like have had the experiences I've had. Uh, because if I get too much on either side, if I get too content, then I'm playing way too much call of duty. And if I get way too, <laughs> and if I get way too ambitious, without that contentment, man, I start becoming a robot. And it's like, and that's not, that's not living, you know, it's not living at all. Yeah, absolutely. And it is, it's easy to fall in that Jocko trap or whatever. And it's like, Hey, you know, Rogan's talked about it. Like that's Jocko. That's who he is. Like, yeah. Own who you are, figure out what it is. It works for you. Don't beat yourself up. Like if you're in the comparison game, that's where you fall into that trap. So Totally. That's perfect. Like we haven't even made it past the first question here. Here, hey, yeah. I'll let you roll in. I'll, I'll start. I'll start. <laughs> I'll start cutting it in. No, nah, no, nah, we're it's perfect. I love it. Um, if you could just tell the listeners a little bit more about Phil and who you oh, are, totally, and what you're up to, and how you've gotten to where you are today, from from well, uh, Detroit to LA. Yeah, man. Well, well, I assume, and you know, if if people are still here, you're interested. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I've totally. won. You know, that little kid inside me that wants everyone to like me, he's cheering yeah. right now. And, and, and thank you to everybody that's, that's still listening and hanging out with us. We appreciate you guys. Totally. Um, 
And so, yeah, I grew up, I grew up in Metro Detroit, uh, you know, was the son of a cop. My mother was involved in the school board and, uh, you know, kind of grew up, you know, a uh, little, little town just on the, on the Southwest border. And the quick story for me, right, is I grew up that total perfectionist little kid that wanted to do everything right, wanted to be the poster child, like saw, you know, my dad, my mother, who they were in the community and always wanted to, I, I thought that my last name was really important. You know, and I, and I started to put all this pressure on myself as like a six, seven, eight-year-old, right? One of those kids, you know, sure. that teacher's pet, little asshole <laughs> kid, you know, like that, that you like the kid, but you, you wanted to like throw him in a closet sometimes. Yeah, for and, sure. And, um, you know, I think for me, it was, you know, I grew up hanging out with a lot of older kids and, you know, I desperately wanted to fit in and, and have their approval. I was very susceptible to peer pressure and all those things. And so, you know, as I kind of went through school, as a lot of those guys were, you know, I was on the honor roll doing all that stuff, but I felt like I also was kind of growing up with a handful of knuckleheads, right? So I like wanted yeah. to be that kid. So it was like, I wanted to be rebellious, but I wanted to be the good, perfect kid. So I started to develop the mask of like, who do I behave when I'm out with my family? Who do I behave mm-hmm. when I'm out with these people, with different yeah. groups of people? I had those different masks and filters in which I would put on and, and operate life. And as we've talked about, it's super disingenuous and, it's, it, and it sucked, right? Like you start yeah. loot, especially right. as a little kid, so, you know, the long story short, as these kids, when they started hitting 14, 15, 16, and they started getting into drugs and alcohol and doing things, I was 11, hanging out with them, wanting to fit in. So I started drinking when I was 11 years old, started getting drunk, you know, drinking to get drunk at 11, 12, wow. and, you know, and started kind of, you know, in, in, and it kind of was that first moment, right, when I would drink that, like, there were a lot of things that happened. A, I felt like I fit, like I, I felt like I was there. I was doing what the older kids were doing. Yeah. I felt manly, masculine, all that BS. But also like, I didn't really care. I didn't really care what my last name was. I, didn't, I just, it was alcohol for me was a temporary way for me to just get in the moment and stop living so far in the future or worrying about what I said yesterday. How do I, am I going to fix? And it, it let me settle and calm. And you know, long story short, right? Like anyone that probably, you probably guess where the story is going, right? Yeah. It, it, it's not a smart thing for 11, 12, 13 year old to be looking to alcohol to do those things for you. Right. And, and then as I got into high school, that continued, I was still on the honor roll, still was playing sports, doing all the, doing all the Midwest, Midwest kids, yeah, stereotypical right. Midwest kid things. Yeah. And, um, but my, my mother was diagnosed with cancer when I was, uh, when I was 14 years old. And when I was 15, she passed away. So, you know, you take a kid that's 15 years old, mother's gone, trying to figure it out. I've already been experimenting with alcohol for a while. I saw that as a bit of a temporary solution. Mm-hmm. And it was just bad news, man. I started yeah. drinking a lot, partying a lot, de- desperately wanted to be like Stifler from American <laughs> Pie, right? Like I wanted to be right? that, you're right, I wanted to be that guy. I wanted all the girls. I wanted yeah. to be the wild guy at the party. I wanted to be, you know, I was the guy running around naked like an idiot at yeah. parties, doing that type of stuff. And, you know, 18 ended up, got arrested, uh, 19 got arrested, 20 got arrested for all alcohol related stuff, still going through school, still overachieving. And, uh, you know, I graduated college a semester early. I finished Michigan state university in three and a half years because I was just like, I I could, I could get through stuff, but like I was in a lot of pain deep down underneath and, um, finished college, got ready to move to LA to to work in entertainment. And I got, I got arrested for a fourth time for a DUI. And it was like, that was, you know, I was 22 years old, was getting ready to leave. It was 11 days before I moved to LA and then boom, right? Like this finally, like finally. And I felt like for a long time I had been, 
I knew there was something up. I knew there was a lot of like deep pain and sadness behind it, but I didn't really know, right? Like you kind yeah. of felt like something's off, but I'm 22, man. I'm an idiot. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm 34 now. I'm not the smartest guy. So it was like, <laughs> yeah. there's a, that, you know, but what happened to me was like, I got, so I got court ordered into you know, treatment pr- program and I kind of was finally, you know, in a weird way. And this is something I always have to remind myself of for all my ego and all of my boldness and my ability to, you know, I started DJing when I was 17. So I had always been able to talk to people and get in front of people for all of that external strength. Yeah. Deep down, I did not have the ability to say I have a problem. Yeah. You know, it took, it took the state of Michigan (laughs) and, you know, to, to tell, to hit me and say, yo man, like knock it off, like get some help. And, And I think we have to remind ourselves of that that we can know something is wrong, but we don't what, have we, uh, that difficulty matching our, the intellectual connection with the emotional connection that we actually need help. And we have to, as leaders, not only understand that for ourselves, but understand it for our people. Understand that that person that's really being a, an ass at work and, and you just don't get it. And how can they not see it? They probably see it but yeah. they don't know how to pinpoint it. And they don't, and here's the thing that's scary. When we are asking questions of our lives, of who we are, of what to do, and we don't have an answer, we feel dumb, we feel stupid, we feel like that little kid that raised our hand, or that, that the teacher made us raise our hand and we didn't have yeah. the answer, right? Like, it's demoralizing. So a lot of times people that are acting out, you know, in, way, in the office, at the plant, wherever you're, you know, whatever your workplace is, the people that are acting out, there might, there's probably something deeper underneath and they don't actually know how to ask for that help. So instead of, you know, the ridicule or the, you know, coming down on somebody or, or, or trying to make an example of somebody like, you know, empath- empathetic leadership is like being able to just have a conversation with someone and check in with, them. hey man, what's going yeah. on? Are you all right? What's happening? Right? Like, in, in really giving somebody an opportunity. You know, one of the things that I experienced, and I'm sure you've experienced it, right? Like in coaching. Yeah. Sometimes all you got to do is shut the hell up and listen to someone. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And it, we do it so rarely, right? Social media, our jobs, yeah. everything. Everything is on loud. I'm throwing information at you. Here, listen to what I got going on. And we're shouting, but no one's hearing each other. And so it's like the second you can take, you know, an employee or someone on your team or, and just talk with them and actually genuinely listen without an agenda and just being genuinely curious about where they're going, it, it, it opens the door for people to be able to like express what's going on. And we can get in at the end of the day, leadership is all about finding issues, overcoming those issues, helping take your people from where they're at and getting them where you, everyone needs to go. It's yeah. that simple. Yeah. So in my story, right, that was one of the beautiful things that I learned was, you know, I got forced into it and thank God it didn't get worse. And I'm so grateful that I got sober at 22 and I got my things figured out so that I didn't, I wasn't, you know, 34 having these issues or right. I, mean, I was an asshole, man. Yeah. Straight up. And yeah. so I'm, I'm very grateful to it. And so that's kind of, you know, the story of like, that's such a big defining moment for my life. And, you know, now I'm involved in a lot of, you know, still involved in, you know, speaking with, inmates that, you know, have alcohol and substance abuse issues. I speak at high schools to, you know, high school kids and college kids about these things. Uh, and, you know, I coach, I actually don't coach a lot of sobriety stuff. I kind of leave that, you know, I, I try yeah. to stick more with, 
you know, emotional intelligence, leadership skills, strategy building, goal setting, and and coaching. But it's such a big part of who I am and what makes me drive, you know, and what makes me tick and and where I want to help. Because I've had so many people that like gave me so much, you know, that I didn't earn. And I right. didn't deserve, right? Like I, I got a lot of people that, that stuck their neck out and really helped me along the way. And it's a beautiful thing. And it's like, I would be a complete ass to, to continue, you know, to, to not be appreciative of it and want to wanna give it back. And, yeah. and, right, and I'm still, still a businessman, right? Still want to make yeah. a lot of money doing yeah, it. Yeah, so. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, no reason not to. Uh, what's, so where does, where does being a TV producer fall into all of this? And how, how does that help? the mission I think that you're on as well to really yeah, help I, others learn from you and what you've done in your life and maybe some of the mistakes you've, you've made along the way too. Yeah, man. I think, you know, TV is really fun. I've always, I've always loved entertainment. And I think, you know, one of the things that, you know, you work sometimes you work on a project you love and sometimes you work on projects that, ah, whatever, it's not that big yeah. of a deal. When I was younger, right? Like I had that part where I was like, oh, I only want to work on pro things that like, to save the universe. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and then, you know, we all go through that, right? That seven yeah. year itch of whatever yeah. career we're in, is this where I should be? Blah, blah. And I ended up having to realize like, wait a minute, it's not about me getting onto a project and it being what I want. It's about like, how can I come into a project and serve everyone there? Whether mm-hmm. I, and here's the thing, anybody can go to, anyone can work when you're having a blast, right? Yeah. It's like, can you show up day in, day out when it's not necessarily like the most fun thing or, or what right. you're the most interested in, but can you make the decision to show up and perform not only for yourself and for your own happiness, but for the happiness of the team, for the happiness of the show, for the, to, for, to progress, to move things in a, in a positive way for everyone involved and getting outside of like the world revolving around Phil. Like I love leading teams on set. Also, Hey, not hating on anyone in entertainment, but a lot of us get into it because we liked creating stuff. We yeah. didn't go to school to get business degrees and we didn't take, we don't yeah. go to leadership conferences, right? So right. In, in a lot of people experience this, right? Even not in entertainment, but if you work yeah. in sales, yeah. you work in sales, you see a guy who crushes in sales, then he gets promoted, but the dude has no management experience. Yeah, totally. So now you're, <laughs> it, it, it happens, right? And that's what happens yeah. in TV a lot of times. Sure. So I love being able to be on set in, in organizing things and keeping, see, you know, putting out the fires, what's happening. I mean, we're working 12 hour days, 14 hour days, yep. you know, five, six days a week, you know, lots of money is on the line with your networks. So it's important to be constantly thinking of like, you know, people are getting tired. People are getting beat down. Uh, yeah. You know, one, one scene didn't go the right way. It rained when it shouldn't have. And now we had to set this whole thing back and it pushes the whole schedule and it's being able to, you know, find hey, what are the solutions? but also not just the logistical solutions, but like, how do you take care of your people? When, when I first got in, when I was a high school kid doing media productions, I remember like we would write it, we, we'd, we'd develop it, we'd write it, we'd shoot it, we'd edit it, we did yeah. everything, we acted in it, we did it all. <laughs> and so I thought when I got to LA, that's what it would be. Yeah. And then you get to LA, as many people get to, you get into your business or what, and you're like, whoa, there's a lot of different segments. And those, those people don't talk to those people. And that group doesn't go with this yeah. group. And those guys can't even look at a camera, you know, like there's all these different rules. Sure. And, and so being able to be a producer is being able to see the entire system, the camera guys, the audio team, my talent, the, the agents, the, the networks, 
you have to see all of it, these groups that don't, and you're the connection piece. Yeah. And you're the piece that has to be able to, to, to make sure you're taking care of people that are, you know, the hours while still making sure the network is happy with the finished product and you're not going over budget. So there's a lot of moving parts that I never knew were going to be part of that life. You know, for me, I was a, I was a TV and film major with a minor in business administration. So, so I love it because I get to flex a lot of these different muscles. You know, it's also one of those things where I, I, I do enjoy, I enjoy the hard work. I enjoy the, you know, creating new things. I still have that ego of being a little kid. Of, I work in Hollywood. I'm a TV producer. Right. You know, I still got that going. Of and, um, and, and, and I think it's, you know, one of the things is there's just so much, you know, there's a lot of opportunity, right? In, in, especially in a city like Los Angeles, where you've got so much entertainment, so many people come here to, you know, to get the major agencies that are here. So this just, it makes sense that this was a place that I was going to be. It's hard, man. It's a hard life out here. Like, no joke. Yeah, like, you yeah, know, you guys yeah. know, go, you know, if you don't believe me, go look on Zillow and look at how much a house, you know what I'm saying? And, um, totally. but, uh, but I think it's, it's really helped uh, shape a lot of things in being able to juggle a lot. And, and, and it totally has helped with, with coaching. You know, there was that moment and I'm sure a lot of people experience this, right? We're in the, we're in the entrepreneur days where like, we're all slashes, right? Like, no, we yeah. all got a hundred things that we're working on and, yeah. you know, and, and, and which is kind of normal uh, nowadays, but we yeah. get, you know, you can get lost in that thing of like, should I only be doing one thing? Yep. You know, oh my God, everyone's telling me that I got to go all in. I got to burn these boats. They keep yeah. telling me to burn the boats. <laughs> burn the boats. And, um, burn the boats. And, you know, the one thing that I, I'll say is I feel like it's, you know, I used to have this moment where I was trying to keep these worlds different. Mm-hmm. Fill the coach and fill yeah. the TV producer. Hell, fill the DJ, right? I'll still yeah. DJ a bar mitzvah every now and again. And, um, but then like I sat with somebody and they were like, yo man, you got to also realize they're like, your success in TV is authority into why you can Big be time. a great coach. Yeah, and it took, and, but it, once again, me in my own head, it took right. somebody other than me yep. to see that because for me, I was like, oh, well, I don't want people to think that I'm not dedicated to TV. Yeah. And what if I'm, you know, I don't want them to think that I'm not a good, I'm just another guy in LA who's a speaker, coach, you know, yeah. magician, oh, you're you know, a astronaut. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh be, you know, being a, being a coach in LA is like being an, an actor. It's like the new actor. And, but it took somebody outside of me to be like, hey man, no, like that's authority in that space. And that's after reading all the branding books and reading all the shit. And it's like, we, you can only, we could only do so much on our own. Right. And, and I'm, I'm, I like I like the team dynamic. I like to do a lot of things alone, but I think it is one of those things where it's just, I guess uh, if you had to put a theme on today, it would be like just being honest with yourself about yeah, who totally. you are absolutely, in, in getting right. feedback from other people. Which I think is big. I think a lot of people need to hear that. If you're a coach, you tend to start thinking like everyone knows that, but everyone does not know that. Like, yeah, yeah. it's, it's uh, that, yeah. those are the, that's the one thing I will say that I, I you know, it's so easy to discredit like mm-hmm. the work that we put in, right? Yeah. Like there's times where, you know, like you're, you're like, oh, well, this stuff seems very simple now. It's like, it wasn't simple. Like <laughs> right. you read, you read 98 books on this shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. like, you, you, you've been engulfed in it and it's not simple. And yeah. in, 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 a fair, in a way of like, yes, that should make us feel good that like we have, you know, I'm, sp- I'm speaking for all coaches now, uh, which I don't like to do. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. while we do have knowledge and we have things to offer people, it's also understanding that like, 
you don't know it until you learn it. And so like a lot of times we, a lot of really, some of my best clients forget that they're really smart people. Mm -hmm. They forget that they're really hardworking and not everyone is as smart or not everyone is as hardworking as they are. Right. And they don't get it. And we have to remind ourselves as much as that's important for us to own who we are and lean into it. We got to, we, we can want to enhance and help people, but we can't change who they are. We got to be able to help and support. And, and we can't make assumptions about the fact that everyone has the same knowledge base as us. Cause there's, right. cause the second that I do that, not only do I discredit the hard work I've put in, but I also blind myself to the fact that I have a lot of blind spots in my game yeah. and I need to consistently be learning from other people. Yeah. Um, I need, I got to have both, man. Cause yeah, yeah cause I'm, a, I'm an egotistical little kid that wants everything done my way and thinks that I'm the smartest guy in the room. So yeah, absolutely. I need it. I need that. I need that ego check every now and again. Yeah. The coaches need coaches too. Right. So 100%. If they don't have one, you need to run. Don't trust them. Don't yeah, trust, trust the coach. Somebody. They don't have a coach. Find man. somebody else for sure. So, uh, well, I appreciate you uh, taking time and I know you got a hard stop here coming up. So, I'll wrap this up. What, uh, let's wrap it up with this. If there's one or two things you could leave with the listeners that would help them, if they implemented it today, would help them move forward today, what would, what would that be? You know, one of, the, one of the first things I always start with is a gratitude list, man. Like it's so yeah. key and it sounds so cheesy and it's, it almost sounds like cliche at this point in our world. It's a cliche because it works. For a reason. And it's that yeah. simple. You right. know, like I, I remember when gratitude lists were tough and now it's something that like, I can tell when I haven't been doing one, mm-hmm. you know, finding the little things to be grateful for in our lives makes us just start to shift and we see different things in, in, in different people. You know, I think it's, so I would say a gratitude list is, is key. You know, one of the other things that is, is so simple, cause I like, I like tactical, simple things. Yeah. At the end of the day, write down one thing you want to get done tomorrow, mm-hmm. right? Like yep. give, give yourself a break. End the work day, right? You're not a machine. Don't work 15 hours a day. Right. Like pump the brakes. Yeah. But give yourself a starting point for tomorrow. Like what is, what do you, what's tomorrow's big thing? What's the biggest thing that's important that you need to accomplish tomorrow? I think that some of those are, right? There's so many books about building the three, you know, the, the, the six-month plan and the three-month plan. And that stuff's all great. But it can be very easy to lose ourselves in like, hey, man, it's Thursday, right? Like. Yeah. What's yeah. today? Like, how do I enjoy yeah. today? What are the things? And, and I don't have to do it all at once, right? And I think that probably goes back for me being a, a sobriety guy. Like, mm-hmm. sure. One day at a time is a cliche because it's the only thing you can do. Yeah. You know, right. one day at a time. You can only, I can only be in this moment right now with you having this discussion. And although if you're watching this, I'm doing something else. I don't know. What I'm doing now. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, uh, and mom is in the background making the meatloaf. So. Yeah, mom! <laughs> <laughs> Where's the meatloaf? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that's uh, it's incredible. Like I resonate with that. That's that's a big piece of me too. I'm I'm always saying like, what's the one thing you got to do today? Like if you just yep. did that one thing, and you did that every day, like your life would change for sure. I always say earn, you know, earn your sleep. Yeah, earn earn yeah. that earn that peace that comes when you lay your head on that earn pillow. You know, when you lay your head on that pillow, man, and you feel like, yeah, man, like this was not, not, yeah, we won the game, we won the game. pouring <laughs> champagne, but the moment, <laughs> that moment of like, this was, hey, I put in work, I earned it, I could sleep, I could rest easy, 
and we're going to get up tomorrow and we're going to crush it again. But today yeah. was a good day. And it's like, I think that those are those that like, we're chasing peace, man. We yeah. can talk about the money and success and power. I think the vast majority of us, we just want to be peaceful, man. We want to have peace and calm and feel good. Like we're good. And and I was I think actually thinking peace. of this the other day. I was like, and I think that peace or that happiness or whatever you want to call it does come through like doing hard things, doing things, totally, like just man. doing things, accomplishment of like, Hey, I like, that's how I got the thought was this guy was painting like the outside overhang of his door. And I'm like, how many people actually do that? How many people just walk by? I'm like, man, I need to paint that. Cause I thought of myself when I, there's a door that I need to paint that I've been looking at and saying the same thing for three years. I'm like, this dude's doing it and he's going to get done. And it's, he's going to have a little time at the end of the day. He, he might have a sparkling water or a beer on the porch, but he's going to like, I got that. I got that done. Got it off. Got the it list, done, man. He's gonna, he earned his sleep. He, he earned his sleep on that day. Right. And, it, and if we can, if we can end a lot of days where we felt like we earned the sleep, dude, then I think we're going to, you know, we set ourselves up because, because here, and here's the other thing, the alternative is demoralizing on a long enough timeline. Yeah. Right. If, if yeah. we all have an ego and you the just beat ego, yourself down because you, you didn't just beat do yourself down, didn't do it. Yeah. Oh, it's another one. I didn't do yeah. it. It's like, right. You know, Grab the paint, get yeah. the shit done, <laughs> yeah. earn your sleep. Probably took him 30 minutes. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, hey, man. Thank you. you. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much for having me on. And I Definitely. will say, I'm just throwing this out there. If you're still listening to this thing, thank you for hanging out with us. Yeah. Absolutely. And hey, you know, if, if there's someone in your world that you feel that this is, that they need to hear this or they would appreciate it, please like, send, you know, share it out to them. Um, not only yeah. does it help, not only does it help, you know, you know, Nate works really hard on this thing. Not only does it help him be able to kind of, you know, grow and, and get, you know, have, have more stuff, but you know, that's one of the great things that podcasting allows is maybe with something I said or something Nate said resonated with, yep. with a viewer enough to where it can benefit somebody else. So that's what we're here to do is take care Absolutely. of each other, help each other. And so if you feel so compelled, please, you know, do that. And also if you guys want to reach out to me, uh, Philip Andrew LA at gmail.com, you can hit me up. I'm on all the social media platforms as, at Philip Andrew LA and uh, reach out. Let me know uh, if you got an idea for a TV show, I can make it happen. I love it. The producer just took charge and wrapped it up for us. I love it. And, uh, and yes, please do check uh, Phil out and thank you for being here, man. Really do appreciate it. It was, it's been a blast. So thank you, thank man. You. Yeah. Thanks mom. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Where's my meatloaf? meatloaf. <laughs> All right. Have a good day, brother. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera. I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable. From my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years of marriage. It's never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm gonna be a leader I'ma lead the way Cause I'm a firm believer We can do anything we want If I said it then I meant it I probably already did it Consider it done Consider it done If you need some 
Dance.